This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. God wants all of us to dream big and to hope big. In his extensive four-week series entitled Hope, Pastor Ray has touched on many of the important aspects of this amazing virtue, but what of the Christian whose hope for something really big produces results that seems discouragingly small? Is he asking himself, was what I hoped for too ambitious? Was my level of faith too small to produce what I hoped for? Or perhaps ensnared by discouragement and doubt, wondering, is God even hearing my prayer? In this final three-part message of the HOPE series entitled, Be Encouraged by Small Results, Pastor wants to remind those who are perhaps questioning those small blessings that God has not forgotten you, He's still in control, and He expects thanks for those small results He continues to bless you with, behind which something big is about to happen. Now here's Pastor with much more on those small results. One of the things that I have found in my walk and in my life as a believer uh, is that from time to time as we are in pursuit of dreams and visions, how many of you have a dream? How many of you have a vision? How many of you have a desire? How many of you are seeking God for something? How many of you have lifted up prayers to heaven and you're waiting for the response to those prayers? Come on. Well, you know, sometimes in while we've got our, our prayers and petitions and desires and dreams before the Lord, and, and I would trust that everybody in this room has submitted all these things to God. If you want to prosper and you want to grow and you want your life to be a blessing, then you must take all of your dreams and all of your desires and all of your plans and you must submit them to the Lord. Amen? We've got to come to the realization that we're not the masters of our own destiny, that God is the master of our destiny, and that he... Um, is leading and guiding and has a plan for our lives. And our part is to just find out what that plan is and step by step, obey the direction, obey the voice of God, obey what God is speaking to our hearts. And the, the truth of the matter is, the good news is, is that we are going to make it safely to our destination and our dreams and our visions and our desires are going to come to pass. How many of you know and realize in this room that the Bible teaches us that God gives us the, the word in the book of, uh, I think it's a Psalm uh, 85, 84, something. Anyway, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's a twofold thing. Number one, he places certain desires in your heart, you know? And um, how many of you know that when you got saved, um, the Holy Spirit, by the work of the Holy Spirit, he took bad desires out of your heart. They started to get uprooted, right? You start thinking, well, he replaces them with good desires. God begins to give you desires for good things, amen? You start to desiring blessing instead of cursing. You start desiring righteousness instead of unrighteousness. You start uh, seeking and desiring to bless people and not curse people or hurt people or take away, give to people and not take away from people. That's the operation, the activity of the Lord working in our lives. But the second part of that is that as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will, get, he will manifest those desires. He'll make those desires come to, to come to pass. How many of you are on the same page with me tonight? You know that as you trust God and submit to God and submit your life to God, that he will manifest desires. He will manifest your dreams. 
He will manifest the things that you're seeking and wanting. God, and that word manifest simply means that he's going to make them come to pass. They will come to reality. Let me tell you, let me, let, me, let me just give you a word here tonight. Your faith, whatever your faith is, for whatever you're having faith for or believing for, is going to come to sight. That's the word of God. Your faith will come to sight. If you know how to maneuver and to steer that faith and to hold that faith and to hold fast your position and to keep on doing what God has required or God has asked you or God has taught you to do in his word, if you will keep on keeping on, the end result is is that you will see the manifestation of your faith, whatever you're you're having faith for. And we know uh, that the Bible teaches us that all of the promises of God are already yes and amen. So anything, I found that my Bible, God covers every area of my life, whatever I would need, hope, want, or desire. God already has a verse, already has a word that covers all of my needs. That's why I love being a word person. Because every time I read the word, I find out what God really has covered in my life for me. And he sealed it with his word. He's spoken it out. Once God speaks that word, it will not return to him void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. As long as I continue to act, keep my faith active and activate my faith over those promises, keep my heart right, keep my, as we've been studying on Sundays, keep my heart right, and, and, and God will see to it that these promises, these desires and that are in line with God's word will come to pass. God's got us covered. Turn to somebody and say, God's got you covered. Now, the second part of this, and this is how we get over to this message and what I've been meditating on thinking about, is that often in the pursuit of our dreams and desires and in pursuit of these things that we have, the prayers that we have lifted up to God, there's sometimes, you know, it, things don't happen as quickly as we would like it to happen. Anybody in this room going to be honest tonight and be an honest saint or are you going to be a sinning saint tonight and lie? You know as well as I do, there are things that we've prayed for that maybe we thought should have happened a year ago, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, one of the very first things that we, we want to say is just be, uh, delay. I learned this long. Delay, you've heard this. Delay does not mean denial. Delay does not mean denial. Now, one of the things that I've learned in this verse that we studied last time we together in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, read it very carefully, and let us not grow weary. Now, now, when we're talking about weariness, no, notice it says that let us not grow weary. You just don't become weary overnight. You grow weary. Weary is a growing thing. It happens slowly. And the reason why it happens slowly is because every day while we're in pursuit of our dreams and pursuit of the promises of God and waiting for these things to manifest, if we're not carefully keeping our faith activated and keeping ourselves on top and keeping ourselves motivated, we can find ourselves starting to grow, grow weary. We're, let me put it this way in simple terms. We're growing either one way or the other. You're either growing stronger in faith or you're, you have begun the process of growing weary. Did anybody hear me here tonight or am I just preaching to myself? Every day that you're not growing in your faith and keeping your faith strong and activated by God's word and by prayer and, and confession and so on and so forth is a day that you begin the process of weariness. You start to grow weary. So the Bible says, let us not grow weary. So we have to actively persist against the process of weariness. Because you see, w- what will happen is one day, if you, don't, if you don't deal with that weariness today, tomorrow it becomes a stronger foothold in your life or gets a stronger foothold in your life. 
If you don't each day deal with that weariness, and that weariness, I, I took a couple um, verses out of the um, dictionary, and it could mean these things, exhausted in strength, endurance, vigor, or freshness having one's patience or tolerance exhausted. See? So those are, those are some, of the, some of the definitions for the word weary. But if we don't actively every day put a halt on weariness and reverse the process of weariness, we're actually beginning you know, to slip away from our faith and our freshness, so to speak, and we're starting that pr- process of exhaustion in our lives. So we must learn how to actively resist weariness and take... Uh, you know, take authority over it and, and redirect it. And, and every one of us has the power and the authority and the ability to reverse the effects of, or the process. Let's talk about the process. Let's use that, the process of weariness. Because it will, you'll, you'll, it'll start wearing you down. And the enemy works this way in our lives. He loves to wear you down one little bit at a time, wear you down one little bit of time. Weary, one day of weariness leads to another day of weariness, leads to another day of weariness, to another time. And ultimately, he just grinds you down and, you know, snuffs you out. And you find that you've lost your, your zeal and you've lost your enthusiasm. And you begin to doubt the very promises of God. Anybody here been there? You, you begin to even doubt what you believe God has spoken to you. You begin to doubt whether it will work for you. So weariness is really a very, very serious thing that we have to actively persist and we have to actively be aware of in our lives. And I found, I'll just talk from my own personal experience, I found many times in my life that I didn't even realize I was getting weary until it was, you know, like I would really, you know, kind of spun out of control and I found myself totally exhausted. I didn't even know how I got there. And the reason why I got there is because every, every day that passes that I don't actively keep my faith strong, that's why I'm a firm believer and teacher and practicer of, those, of the principles of confessing God's word over my, over my life and over my, my health and over my future and over my finances every day because that, that act, actively confessing God's word every day, speaking what God has to say about your life, every day getting your brain and your, your heart and your, your being into alignment with God's word is a day that you will keep your faith strong. But every day that slips away that you're not doing that, every day that you're not actively persisting in keeping your faith strong, you actually begin the process of weariness in your life. Because the only antidote you have, really, according to God's word, the only antidote that you have to doubt and unbelief and weariness and all of this is the word of God. You see, you build yourselves up by feeding on the word, or I include myself in that. I shouldn't say you do. We do. We all do as humans. We build ourselves up in the word of God, and that's what keeps our faith strong. And if we're not actively, actively persisting weariness, I've seen so many people in my years of ministry that just somehow gave up the fight and didn't persist in the word of God and didn't persist in their faith. And the process of weariness began in their lives, and they started to go down the tubes. You can stop yourself. You can halt the process. You can halt the ill effects of weariness in your life if you are active about it. If you get hold of the word of God, if you every day, you know, when when your brain starts telling you or your circumstance tell you that it's not going to be this way or it's not going to turn out the way that you are believing or the way that you are seeking or the way that you are or the thing you're desiring. When that happens every day, you must with everything you have inside of you stand up and begin to declare the word of God to that mountain that wants to scream at you, that lion, that giant that wants to scream in your face and tell you that you're going down. It's not going to happen. 
happen. It's not going to turn out to be that way. Every day that those doubts come in, every day the enemy persists. Uh, we must be active with the word of God and hurl the word of God back at those, at those uh, things that we hear in our, in our head or those things that scream at us every day. And if we don't do that, then the process of weariness will begin to take hold in our lives. And that's why the Bible says, let us not grow weary. Weariness doesn't happen overnight. Um, here's another thing. Don't let go of your dreams and desires and visions and hopes and aspirations and, and the things that you've laid, in, laid on the table you know, with God in faith. Don't let go of those things. Keep those things alive. Don't let weariness rob you from getting the manifestation to your dreams. Because if you really study this verse, and we have to study you know, the word um, in depth, you have to really read the word. Don't just glance over it or you know, just read quickly. Look at what it's saying. Every word is there for a reason. Let us not grow weary while doing good, while we're believing, while we're actively pursuing, while we're praying. You know, while we are confessing God's word, while we're fighting the good fight of faith, let us not grow weary. Let me, let me just, let me just, let me just teach you something here or, or help you as your pastor tonight. Let me help you that if you are in pursuit of a dream, if you are in pursuit of a vision, if you are in pursuit of a better life, how many people in this room, let me ask you again, how many of you are in pursuit of a better life, a dream, a vision, a purpose, something in this room? If you are in pursuit of something, you are going to have to battle weariness sometimes because human flesh wants things now. Human flesh wants it on its timetable. Human flesh, you know, wants to take, you know, take back the authority over its own life. And you see here it says, let us not grow weary while we're doing good. And if we're, if we're, if we're doing all of these things in faith, trusting God, if we're confessing the word, if we're keeping our vision alive by faith and and trust in God, then we are trusting him every day and we're, we're holding back that process of weariness. We're keeping our faith alive. Let us not grow weary while we're doing good. So the, 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 the part that we have to watch out for is that it is possible to get weary while we're doing good. It is possible to get weary. Sometimes I found in times past that when I was, you know, using my faith for something and confessing and believing for something, you know, my faith got weary because because it wasn't happening as quickly as I thought it should happen. I remember, I remember way back when God spoke to me and told me to start this church, and I thought, Whew, how am I going to do that? I, I, I'm not strong enough, big enough, rich enough. I don't have anything that it takes to start the church. God said, go start the church. So we did in humble beginnings. And I can remember being in that old building. Maybe one of the, I keep saying that we ought to take a field trip to that. It's a church now, you know. Some church bought it, an Orthodox church. Maybe they'll let us come in and take a look. But anyway, uh, well, we can drive by and wave. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll jump out and take a picture of me out in front of it. I mean, I had dreams of a big church, you know, and a brand new building and a piece of property that we could call our own. And being here in Westchester County, up here in the Northeast, I thought, dear God, you know, my, my doubt and unbelief would jump up and say, that's never going to happen. How are you going to buy a piece of property? How are you going to own a building? You, you have 30 people in the church, and they're not even rich people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
How, how are you going to do, how are you going to build a building? And it was always a voice trying to knock down my dream and knock down my vision and knock down my purpose. See, if you're going to be a, if you're going to carry the purposes of God in your life, then you're going to have to realize the enemy is going to try to dash those dreams and those visions and those desires in your life. And you're going to have to purpose in your life. You're going to have to refuse to become weary while you're doing good, while you're doing those things that you know you've learned from the word of God to do. And for, you know, 10 long years, I was believing and confessing and driving by buildings and dreaming and hoping and praying and confessing and dreaming and praying and confessing and driving by buildings and trying to find buildings. And you've all heard the story, but I love telling the story because it's so real to me. They took me to these grimy pit, you know, holes in the walls and they said, hallelujah, pastor, we found a building. And I thought, dear God, you wouldn't do this to me. Uh, how could I have church and this is not what I envisioned and I could have compromised my position. That's why I believe you ought to hold out until you get exactly what you are seeking and desiring from God and you should not compromise. Is anybody in the house tonight? You should not compromise. We were confessing and believing and started a building fund. I mean, wow, we started building fund. We had a whopping $50,000. Woohoo! We're going to build a building. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you see, you see, you cannot grow weary while doing good. And if you refuse weariness and you keep strong in your faith, God will jump over thousands of people to get to you and to, to work a miracle in your life and to work a blessing in your life because he sees faith and God is attracted by faith. Ooh, it gives me goosebumps when I think it. God is really turned on by faith because he is a faith God. So the Bible says, do not grow weary while doing good. So you can't become weary in your uh, believing and in your confessing and in your praying and in your seeking God. You cannot become weary. You have to keep strong in your faith. And you have to have the kind of faith that Abraham had, that he was fully convinced, fully convinced that God had the power to do what he said he would do in his life. So we've got to have, we must have that kind of fully convinced faith if we're going to see, you know, our dreams and visions and desires come to pass. But you have to fight weariness. And, and unfortunately, as a pastor, I see a lot of weary Christians in a, in a week. I talk to a lot of weary Christians in a week and people are waiting and they're, you know, they're, they're losing, some, some are just losing their grip. So I'm here tonight to tell you to get your grip. You know, straighten up, man. Come on, get, stand up tall, shake off the doldrums. Uh, get your focus back, get, 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 get your excitement back in your life. Some of you need a dose of the Holy Ghost excitement back in your life. It can be the way you envision it. It can be the way you see it. It can be the way you're dreaming it. it can, you can have what you are believing for, you can, and you're going to have what you say about it. Oh, hallelujah. Is, is anybody in the house tonight understand where I'm coming from? Do not grow weary in doing good, and one Bible, one version says, in well-doing, do not grow weary. And, and if you, you know, we, if you were here two weeks ago, we studied the verses before it because it said, God will not be mocked. A man's going to reap what he sows. You keep sowing it, you're going to reap it. And that's good or bad because he goes on to say, you know, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap, of the flesh reap, of the flesh reap. He who sows to his flesh of the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit, he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So you, you're, you're going to reap whatever you sow. You know, what they say in the world is what goes around comes around. That's Bible. 
The world took it and twisted it and put it in its own vernacular, its own terms. But that's Bible. Whatever goes around, comes around. That's God's principle. Whatever a man sow, if you sow to the flesh, to fleshly desires, to ungodly things, then of that, you're going to reap from that. That's coming back on you. If you don't do well to people, if you do, do wrong by people, if you hurt people, if you're stingy and cheap and nasty and ugly and grouchy and unforgiving and jealous and conceited and prideful, then all of that's coming back on you. That, that's what you should expect to reap. But if you of the Spirit reap things of the Spirit, you sow forgiveness and love and gentleness and kindness and self-control, and you love people and you help people and you put people you know, before yourself um, off as much as you can, you, 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 you're, you put all of these things into operation, then of that, of the Spirit, you will reap everlasting life and all the benefits and the fruit of everlasting life. So the principle... The, the verse number nine is really flying on the heels of this idea of whatever a man sows is what he's going to reap. God's not going to be mocked. God's not going to be mocked. I, I told you that too. God's not going to be mocked in your life. You've been giving and sowing and believing and helping and, and you know, doing and praying and confessing and believe. Whatever a man, God will not be mocked in your life. You're doing the will of God. You're doing the word of God. You're a giver. You're a lover of people, a lover of God. You, God's not going to be mocked. Whatever it is that you're sowing, God's going to make sure that it comes back to you again and again and again and again and again. Can I get a better amen than that? So we see that verse 9 flies on the teaching or the thought or the idea of giving and sowing. God's not going to be mocked. So that's where we understand that as we are in the process of sowing, that's why it says do not become weary in well-doing. While we're in the process of doing this, while in the process of praying and believing and using our faith and confessing God's word, let us not become weary in our well-doing. Because now listen to the second part. For in due season... Everybody say due season. I started out before to say that I started out at the beginning saying that some of us get frustrated because we don't, it's not coming on our timetable. It was a revelation when God spoke to my heart and he said to me, well, first of all, if I gave you a building in a big church right now, you'd probably die or you'd mess it up because you're not ready. And I thought, what do you mean I'm not ready? <laughs> of course I'm ready. No. I was not ready to step into this phase. Well, it wasn't until I stepped into this project that I understood what God was talking about. Because even when I stepped into it, I didn't think I was ready. Then I was the one saying to God, God, I'm not ready. God says, yes, you are. You're ready now. Oh, yeah. So, you see, when I thought I was ready, I wasn't ready. And when I, you know, when God said I was ready, I didn't think I was ready, but I was ready because God said I was ready. Hallelujah. Go and jumble that one. You'll figure it out by the morning. So, so you see, the, 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 the idea here is that in due season, we shall reap. Uh, you know, and I tell this story. When we were looking for buildings back then, um, my heart just saw, in my heart, I saw a brand new building. But, you know, in reality, it was just not feasible because we didn't have the money and trying to buy property here in Westchester County, big enough to put up a church to sit 500 people, to, you know, to seat 500 people in a parking lot big enough to hold, you know, a couple hundred cars at least or 150 cars or whatever. How are you going to find in a location that everyone can find? 
to me, it was impossible. And you know, the funny part of it, about it is that when I thought about building a building or, or transplanting our church from Portchester, I always thought White Plains would be the best place. That was really in the depths of my heart. I was almost afraid to say it because in reality, I realized how impossible it looked. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com.